At St. Louis Acura and Alden Toyota, we are proud of our dedication to service, and we continue to serve our community. From now until December 12th, bring a new unwrapped toy from Marine Corps Reserve, Toys for Tots, to support 323 Marines, who in 2020 collected toys for over 78,000 children. Drop off at either St. Louis Acura or Alden Toyota. St. Louis Acura and Alden Toyota, becoming better than ever for you. Welcome, everyone, to the next edition of Huddle Up with Howard, joined by Mike Claiborne. And our guest today uh, is a guy that really needs no introduction. Uh, he is the all-time winningest coach at the University of Missouri uh, for the Football Tigers. Uh, he's a former coach at the University of Toledo, studied under the great Don James, um, and has brought you know all of his knowledge to the world of football and, and, and made a tremendous impact at the University of Missouri. Uh, played with some illustrious characters at Kent State University. And it's our pleasure to welcome Coach Gary Pinkle to Huddle Up with Howard. Coach, thanks for joining us today. How are you? Well, th I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Uh, you know, it's always fun to talk about Mizzou and and all the things that we do. And you guys are, look like you got a really good uh, good show going here. So you started at Kent State, and, and it's my understanding you had a guy's roommate who, <clears throat> in the world of football, was would be known as quite a character. Uh, <laughs> a guy who actually, I actually played against, believe it or not, um, when I was with the Dallas Cowboys, uh, Jack Lambert, who, the famed middle linebacker for the Pittsburgh Steelers. How was that? We were captains together. Uh, Don James came in right after our freshman year. Um, you know, we, we were, the whole university was dealing with those, uh, those, those students who got shot May 4th. And so we were the first class in there. Uh, after our freshman year, this guy named Don James comes in. I mean, we don't know who he is, but I mean, he's only like 5'9", but he, he, after a while, you thought he was 13 feet high. So he was uh, an incredible guy. Uh, Jack Lambert was a quarterback in high school, uh, just outside of Kent, uh, the Akron area, Cleveland. And um, he was a quarterback and, you know, he played some defensive back too. He, he was six, five, you know, 190, 195. And uh, they eventually gave him a scholarship. And uh, at the end of the day, so Jack Lambert is, is uh, we were captains together. We won the only championship in the history of the school in, 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 uh, in 72, uh, our junior year and our senior year, we had the best record ever in the history of, of Kent state, Miami of Ohio jumped us there, but uh yeah, he was uh, – Jack was an incredible competitor. I mean, it's, it's hard to describe it. I don't know if I've ever met a better competitor than that. Uh, he's um, he, he's all in in terms of, you know, commitment to teammates. He was a very good leader. Um, I think he scared half the players, so that's why they kind of jumped. Uh, <laughs> at the end of the day, I remember when we, when I, we, we tried out the Steelers together. He, I, he didn't have a tryout. He was a second-round draft. But I just was first. But I was a free agent with him, and I remember going to pick him up to go in afternoon practice like I always did. And and I went to someone said I just saw him. He's in the he's in the bathroom. So I went to the bathroom and he's laying in the shower with a, a hot water shooting on his thigh board. And he's you know looked at you know the, the intensity of, you know the, of Jack Lambert. You know he's looking at me. And I says, Hey man, what's what, what are you doing? Are, are you gonna be able to get down there quick enough? And uh, he and then he looked at me and, and he looked at me and, and the water is on. He goes, I'm not gonna say exactly what he said, but he said he said. Jack Lambert never gets hurt. <laughs> and I said, I said Jack, let's see downstairs. 
And so I left. <laughs> he got his unit put back and he didn't want to miss practice. So he's in there putting the shower down on top of him. But one of the great competitors ever, you know, it was fun when I was coaching at Washington for 12 years. But when a lot of those years he was playing in the NFL and I'd gone home and I, I'd say, you know, I was captain Jack Lambert's dad and the kid jumped up and you're kidding me. Can you give me some signed autographs? I knew later on after he retired, uh, I had to quit doing that because I started, I, I'd go, I was t- teammates, Jack Lambert. The dad stood up and the kid just looked at us. So, <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm not going to use that anymore. <laughs> hey coach, you, you also knew a guy named Nick Saban. Uh, did you think he turned out to be the guy and the success that he's had at, at virtually every place he's ever been? I mean, yeah. this isn't something we see this run at Alabama, but he kind of restored the, the faith in Michigan state, LSU, the Miami situation was a little bit of a tough go, but did you see that in him at, in a, at an early stage in his career? Yeah, Nick, Nick and I was, he's next year older than me, and uh, Don James kind of talked him in to trying to be a graduate assistant for one semester. Because when Nick was going to do, he was going to go down to his dad's car business back in West Virginia, and that's what he was going to do get in that business. And so uh, you, you think back at that, and he loved it. Nick loved it, and so that's why that that, that you know his discussion with Don James and almost insisting that he tries one more semester in Don James's way uh, set the pace for this incredible coach. Yeah, he was always calculated. He's a good guy. He's a team player. All those things. He got hurt in his senior year, um, but uh, no, I, he 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 learned so many things from Don James. He'll talk about that, that, that he'll always give, he always gives Coach James credit. And uh, uh, it's, you know, certainly it, it's, he, he is doing what no football coach has ever done before in the history of college football. No, no, no one has won this, this level ever. I go back to Woody Hayes and Don James and Bo Beckler and all those people. Nobody has done the consistency of winning like he has. And uh, he'll go down as the greatest coach ever. And I remember when I retired, he gave me a call and said, you know, he goes, I don't know if I can, I don't know, I don't know if I can retire. I said, I said, um, I said, Nick, if I had your players, I won't retire either. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, and you know what? You, you mentioned the fact going down is the greatest. I think in this climate, in this era of football, where all the things that go on, uh, social media and just the attractions that some of these kids have, uh, leaving early, there, there's so many things that go into coaching today that maybe didn't exist 15, 20 years ago. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I think what, what he has to deal with is, is something that most of those other coaches, and they've been great coaches, don't get me wrong, but what he's oh, yeah. done I think is epic. Yeah, it is. And he's, he's um, you know, he, he, he's, he, he runs a systems approach. He has systems in every part of his organization. He has people in charge to be responsible. He owns everybody accountable. He owns himself accountable. He sets a standard of leadership for his team. He develops leadership for his team. He just doesn't go on and blow a whistle and say, let's go, go, let's be a good team. He's got a systems of what he's doing and how these kids play the way they play it, how these kids compete the way they're not, they're not perfect all the time, but you know, you just, they, they, you rarely see a, a player, you know, bad mouth another player. You rarely see that from any any one of his teams, and if it does, it'll get uh, fixed real quick. But he he's the consistency. Um, he's he's got all these things in, and he loses a lot of coaches. A lot of that's the other thing. You're right. That's a great point if you make. Still can maintain this. That's 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 it, it's absolutely incredible. But that's him. You're going to plug the coach in. He'll probably did like I did, with Coach James, and he learned from that too. You're going to come in and coach. You're going to be your own personality, but you're going to do it our way. You know, you don't come in just you're, you're the man. You're going to do. No, we're not doing that. 
You know, that's when I hired older guys, people come in. I simply say, you know, you know, coach, coach hard, but we coach certain ways. We do things certain ways. We have standards that we all do. The consistency where players see consistency in all the positions. And I can go on and on with all this stuff. But he's he's absolutely remarkable. And I'm certainly, you know, very, very proud of him. And being a Kent State guy and, and, and you know, historically would be recognized as the best ever. You know, Gary, you mentioned that you had a system which was extremely successful. And, you know, Mizzou's in the SEC, which you helped usher that, uh, uh, that move into the SEC along with Mike Alden. In your second year in the SEC and your third year, your Tigers win the the SEC East Division. I mean, that's unprecedented. You know, when you think about all the teams that have been in the SEC for all these years, that people say Missouri should be there, and then I look back and say, no, wait a minute, Missouri in its first three years in the conference, they win their division two consecutive years. There, there are teams that have been in the SEC forever that have never done that. Uh, so that in and of itself was was tremendous. But, you know, if, if you are having a conversation with Missouri fans and they're looking at, you know, the Missouri program now, uh, the last three years, uh, 500 in the regular season each year. Um, Eli Drinkwitz is, is a new coach. He's recruiting and all this. What do you say to the fans with regard to uh, process and understanding what it takes to build uh, a winning culture uh, on a football program at this level? Well, I think, you know, patience is, is and, and, and there's not, you know, people, coaches are making so much money now, people don't really care about patience. <laughs> they don't care anymore. Uh, they want yeah. you to you know, do, what, do, do what they do. Um, I think, you know, my, my situation, I came in, they had two winning seasons in 17 years. My, my first four years were losing, losing, winning, losing. And I told Mike Alden, I'm going to need you sometime here because this we're going to turn this, but it's going to, when I got there, it even took longer than what I thought. But at the end of the day, then we took off, you know, went to nine bowls, next 11 years, five divisional championships and everything else. So, you know, that's what that. So that was our, my every situation is different. I think, you know, with Eli, who I think is doing a really good job, um, you know, I think it's the, the one thing that the first year is unprecedented as as a year that probably you got about 20%, 25% done that you want to do in building your team. Normally you get a, that year and you've got spring ball, you got winter conditioning, you got all those things that come in there. And they had two, they had two practices for spring ball. You know, they, I mean, they had all these things, obstacles they had to go. So putting in there, putting in his infrastructure, how you practice, how you prepare, all those things, they did it. But it, it was not, I mean, it was, don't, you don't even have a chance to, to do it to the level that he would have if it wouldn't have happened. Now he doesn't use that as an excuse, but that's 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 reasoning, and I think it's I think it's intelligent reasoning. So um, it's gonna it's 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 not gonna be easy. Um, the league is tough. I mean, the league is tough, and uh, I, I I really think that um, you know next year is gonna be a big year for us. And you know the other thing too with all the we'll talk about the stuff later, but the portal and all this stuff that's going on in all those different areas and that stuff's going on. Um, you know, there's a lot of things can happen personnel wise. You know, every, any day. Uh, and and certainly you want to maintain and keep your best players there, and hopefully you can do that. Coach, um, I, I want to go back into history here for a little bit. Uh, I always felt the coming out party for for your your teams was the Missouri Illinois game when we said hello to Brad Smith, and, and what an electric player he was. And you've had some great wins from that series until that last game you played against Kansas and Kansas City. Uh, talk about those two situations, if you would. Well, they were. I mean, you know, that's 
you know that you just use about the game you know in, in illinois when brad's coming out party there too we had we had a few of those in a couple of years in a row with different players fortunately that that, that, were, that were like that but brad was interesting because you know i had to make the decision to start him and move him over a senior that had been around a uh, great young man uh, but at the end of the day that was the right thing to do um my player my coaches did not want they wanted me to use brad as freshman year and i said well, we're not good enough to have an impact with that we just aren't so we waited a year to do that so we get that extra year but brad um brad i knew was very very special um you know i remember being in the illinois game and all of a sudden he made like three people miss and went down the sideline <laughs> our fans were going crazy and, and, I, and i told our defensive coaches afterwards you know during 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 the summer or in our, our scrimmages I said we had to tag him, okay? So all our coaches would tag him, you know. He's down. He's tapping. He's down. so all all everybody thought we just you know, he, he he's ah, good is he. You tag him, you you can tag him all over. You ain't going to touch him. He's an <laughs> Well, and the other thing too, he's such a great kid, and, you know, he had a great influence I think on a lot of players and and we built a pretty good, you know, base around him as we continue to recruit, but that 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 those we had a couple of great games there, and, and certainly that that was one that I'll I'll never forget. I remember driving back on the bus, and I I looked at my wife and I said, "I think we got a quarterback. I think we got a quarterback." <laughs> and you know, it was still a lot of growing pains for him, and uh, those things. But uh, that was that was certainly big. Um, you know, the, the the a game that I really remember being the most people ask me the biggest game ever. I can't say that, but one, one of them I'm in trouble. I, one of them is, is, you know, when, when we played Kansas in, in, in Kansas city. Um, and, and I mean, I knew going in that that was going to be the biggest game in the history of those two. They had, they had, by the way, they had a great football team. The environment was um, as good an environment as you'll see in any college stadium in any bowl game in any national championship. That 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 climate there was as big as it gets in all of college football, and uh, I just said my prayers and I just I said I'm gonna win, win the game. You know, I don't care. I said I don't care, dear Lord, if you know, if you know, if, if I'm not, I shouldn't ask you this, but I'm gonna ask you anyway and see see if it works out. So uh, in reference to that too, something you know, our buses are pulling up, and I always try to prepare our players. I told them it's gonna be a lot different because the place is gonna be packed the second we drive up. But when we went up there, pause here a second, go back to my last year, went to three Rose Bowls at, at, at Washington. We were playing my last year Rose Bowl um, in uh, we were going up the road. But when you go to Pasadena, you come down the valley here like this mm -hmm. and then you go in and then and, and the buses are going real slow. And like Husky fans are on the buses, which is like gives you chills. And I did not mention the possibility that my players could all of a sudden go down there and I look back at my players and they're like this. They're like this. So that was a notch against Gary Pinkle. A poor preparation. I should have prepared our players for the possibility of that happening. But that game will go down. I'm really glad we won it historically. And then and I really our football program that from that point on just kind of went at a really high level. Why don't we do this? We'll take our first break. We're visiting with Gary Pinkle. Great coach at the University of Missouri, just a good guy. We'll have more to talk with him about after we take this time out. Every day, Ameren, Illinois works to deliver reliable energy throughout the state to on-the-go families, in-the-know grandparents, and busy students. But did you know we also have ways to manage your energy? Paperless billing, outage notifications, pick a due date, auto pay, and so much more. 
So no matter who you are or how you use your energy, there's an option that's right for you. Learn more at AmarinIllinois.com slash options. We're back with head coach Gary Pinkle. This is Huddle Up with Howard. He's Howard Richards. I'm Mike Claiborne. And, and coach, uh, we, we were talking about some things before we went on about how much the game has changed. And for you, in your first coaching job to where you see the game now, what do you think the three biggest changes you've seen to how the game works in college football? Well, there's a lot of things that are happening. You know, the NIL, name, image, likeness, um, I think it's the right thing to do. I think that I wish they would have done it a different way. It's very problematic to have your, you know, your quarterback making $800,000 a year and your left guard busting his tail making $150 a game. Um, also the stuff legally or illegally that happens to get monies to players and everything. I have no idea where that's going to go. I don't think there's a, I don't get a lot of answers when I get that thing, uh, but I want, I certainly want, you know, I certainly want that to work. So that's, that's significant in itself. Um, and then, you know, uh, the portal, well, I'll tell you the portal, uh, I, I think they're going to look back and I wish they would adjust a little bit. I, you know, for example, there's so many avenues with the portal you can talk about, and I'm thinking a couple that I have. But you know, by Kent State University, my alma mater, they went. They're going to bowl this year, which is really good. Uh, I was told uh, last year, and they're doing again this year. They're just recruiting off the portal. They're not even looking at high school kids. Yeah. Okay. So what they're doing is they're 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 going. Well, you can. I'm gonna go get a guy like that. He's been trained. He's bigger, stronger, faster, quicker. I don't have to do that with freshmen coming in. And and I see I hear a lot of people doing that a good portion, which that means there's a lot of high school players out there that would have normally got scholarships that didn't get the scholarships. And so, you know, that's that that's a player can get up and leave anytime he wants. You know, I, I there, there's a thing that we learn and I don't put nobody wants to hear this. But one thing about sport, we've all been a part of it, uh, is, you know, a lot of times things don't go well. And you know what? You know, now that things don't go well, we'll get a little frustrated. Just go to the portal. I'm going to go somewhere else. But, you know, back in the day, you know, when I was coaching, you know, five years ago, um, you know, when that when when something went bad, you get up, you brush the dirt off, you put your helmet back on, you go freaking go and you overcome that. And, and those things, I'm not going to be cheesy. I'm just being honest. That helps apply you for the rest of your life. There's things that you learn from those adversities. And that's one of the great things about sport. Well, in a lot of respects, they've taken that up. It just, it just, it just is eliminated. So I, I, I really wish there was a two-year where they say they were supposed to say two years. Okay, then after that, they'll they will have you know four years of eligibility if you want to give them four after that. You know, from that standpoint, I think if they did that, there would be a little bit more base and be a lot less people flying all over the place and and going around. So that that's the only adjustment I would make with that. But I'm not a big favor of that. And and uh, but you got I want college football to work so. You know, you just want to make sure you'd like to think it, it would. And you mentioned players transferring in the transfer portal. You know, there this past weekend, there are a number of changes, uh, really significant changes in college football in the form of coaching. Lincoln Riley chooses to leave University of Oklahoma and becomes USC's head coach. Uh, Brian Kelly does the same, leaving Notre Dame uh, in a lurch and heads to LSU to become its head coach. You know, if thoughts on these monumental changes in, in college football, you see a trend or are you, do you see this thing sort of leveling out or what can we expect with, with regard to marquee coaches moving from place to place? 
Well, that's there's money. The big dollar signs are up there. It's crazier than it's ever been. But that's just the entertainment world. That's what we're a part of. Music, movies, whatever. We're sports in the entertainment world. Um, I think it's, you know, I, I, you know, for example, Lincoln Riley, I'm well aware of what went on there because my nephew's a defensive coordinator, Alex Grinch, that worked for me here. And, right. uh, and he and he went with him uh, to, to USC. And I didn't talk to him directly. But I think it was brilliant on his part. Why would you want to go to the SEC? All those teams in there, it just made it made. I'm, you know, people don't want to hear that, but I'm being honest with you, go to the Pac-12 or, or um, you know they've or whatever the number is right now uh, in terms of they've had struggles. Washington struggled a little bit. Oregon's up and down. Uh, SC was like was like Alabama when I when I was coaching at Washington yeah, right. back in the day. So they have the potential to get there and be there again. But they're going to bring a marquee team in, which is going to help maybe even draw another marquee team to come to them. And uh, uh, I mean, I mean, in terms of, of SC, and, and I think he'll do an ex- exceptional job. But I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm not, I'm not, uh, uh, you know, it's just, it's crazy. But, but for him, it was. And people probably don't want to hear that, but you know, you you left, and you why 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 go in the SEC? didn't make sense. So I think it was a brilliant move on his part. You, you know, you make a good point. This this SEC, uh, it, it was tough when you walked in it. And I look at it now, and every school is 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 all out. They're spending money unlike any time we've ever seen. Uh, they're spending money on coaches. They're, they're <laughs> stepping up recruiting. It's really hard to run any sort of table. And that's why, as we talked about Nick Saban earlier at Alabama, I mean, he's in, in a stratosphere unlike anything we'll ever see because I don't mm-hmm. think we'll ever see another program dominate in yeah. the SEC like that. And from a coaching standpoint, you talk about job security, there is none. This is why I think these guys are getting paid as much money as they are. Yeah, there's no security. Uh, you know, college football is different than the NFL. NFL basically has the same budgets in, in terms of paying players. You know, that that's that's consistent. College football is a lot different. You know, Alabama's budget as compared to University of Missouri's budget as compared to Oklahoma's, you go on and on. One team can get have a lot more to work in, out of the pie than other teams just based on budgets. And that's, you know, there's, there's not going to be a control of that. But what happens other than having coaches, you're allowed to hire as much personnel as you want. You can hire 25 people to recruit if you want to. You know, they can't go out and recruit, but they can certainly do evaluation. So um, it's it's – it's kind of, it's kind of crazy now. You know, I, I, I really love college football and I want it to all work, but at the end of the day, uh, it'll be interesting to see how all the stuff plays out. When we talked about the coaches. What are your thoughts on the, the current framework for the college football playoff? And are you a fan of expansion? And if so, um, how many teams can we expect, or do you think we should expect to expand to? Well, I like the idea of the playoff when we went to the playoff. I'd like to get people voting for it out, out of the out of the equation. So why don't we run, you know, get a whole redo all the leagues? We've got to maintain, you know, these these great competitions that we've had between teams for years and years and years. But I would like to get, you know, ex coaches, myself or anybody, uh, out of the loop as far as who you're going to vote for to move up to the to a certain area. I'd like to eliminate that. So if you're starting to do this stuff and you're going to start moving the conferences around, who knows where it's going to go? But I wish we would go that way. And if it just ends up with four power leagues, however you want to do it, but have it all decided on the field rather than going through a voting process. That's yep. that's what I would prefer. 
you know, Coach, I, I think we're not far away from these Power Five conferences succeeding from the NCAA and mm-hmm. forming their own alliance uh, because they can do their own TV deal. They, everybody wants to see those teams play. And I think they'll come up with a, a better or more <laughs> fair playoff setup than what we've seen now uh, because we don't even know what the real number is on how many teams should be in. Along with this, the more playoff games you add, that's more games for a kid to have mm-hmm. to play. And we're mm-hmm. approaching, you know, 16, 17 games, which is the same schedule that NFL players making. Mm-hmm. And, and that takes its toll not only on the athlete as a student, but also on his body. Yeah, I just think there has to be some, you know, you know there's got to be a big plan. <laughs> somehow make that work or controlling the number of games. I, I, I agree with that. You might have more playoff type games than you do standard games. You might go down yeah. to 10 and then that for after 10, then you, then you, it's built to, like the NFL a little bit in its own way. Uh, again, I have no, I've never tried to put it together, you know, in, in, uh, you know, myself, but I think that, you know, getting to that point and sitting down and then, you know, trying to divide the teams up in leagues and things like that, I think, you know, has a lot of, a lot of merit. Um, but we'll see. It's just like kind of this vote here. It's going to come out now. That vote's coming out. Uh, what are we going to do? What's going to happen now to Cincinnati? You know, are they going to be up? And and I, Cincinnati's got a great program. I coach the American Conference. I know that's not that. It's a step up from that. But at the end of the day, I mean, we're we're looking at some of these these powerhouse teams that have these powerhouse uh, schedules, and I can't in any way put Cincinnati in that area. <laughs> Yeah. I, I don't think it's fair. And I'm all based on fairness. Okay. That's what I am. I'm absolutely fair. Uh, I, I, I don't, it just, I just shake my head. So uh, that's, that's what I don't like about it. That's what I don't like about yeah. it. I only get people out of it. You know, that's, that's me. And no disrespect to them. They've done a phenomenal job. I'm just telling you the truth. No, they're, they're swim lanes over here. Not 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 where Alabama and Ohio State and that bunch are going to be playing at. It's great to have you in the pool, but you swim over in that lane where it's the waves aren't as big. Yeah, yeah. Let's take another break. We'll come back with more of Coach Pinkle after this. At St. Louis Acura and Alden Toyota, we are proud of our dedication to service, and we continue to serve our community. From now until December 12th, bring a new unwrapped toy from Marine Corps Reserve, Toys for Tots, to support 323 Marines who in 2020 collected toys for over 78,000 children. Drop off at either St. Louis Acura or Alden Toyota. St. Louis Acura and Alden Toyota becoming better than ever for you. Welcome back to Huddle Up with Howard. And Coach, you mentioned Brad Smith uh, in an uh, early part of our podcast. You have coached some incredible players. Uh, Chase Kaufman, Sean Weatherspoon, Denario Alexander. But as we know, college football and the success of football teams really depends on one position. That's the quarterback. You coached another pretty special player at the University of Missouri, Chase Daniel. You talk about what Chase Daniel meant to you and to Missouri football. Yeah, we have Blaine Gabbert. We go on and on. We've been very fortunate. My whole career at Washington, you know, I coached in the seven years I was coaching there, six years quarterbacks. I think I coached four NFL players, too. So. I'm not the guru. I just happened. I'm, I'm lucky to get it at the end of the day. Uh, but in our business, that's the one spot. It's the greatest team sport of any sport there is. There's guys that are weigh 180 pounds and there's guys that weigh 330 pounds and 40 pounds and they all got to play together. And uh, it's, 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 it, it, that is in itself is, is very, very challenging. And um, 
so I, 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 I don't know. I mean, I, I look at, uh, look at this and I, and I, um, we have to find uh, ways to uh, have players and have impact. For me, I look back at, you know, the quarterback position. We've been lucky with that, but I, I want to say this too, and I'm glad you brought this up a little bit, you know, named a bunch of players is we had some great success. We went at a very, very high level for about a 10 year period of time. And I want to thank all my coaches. I want to thank all my players and, and all their commitment that they had to us and what we did. And, and I always thank them on the phone or I text them or they, I'll, I'll, te- I'll say it to them every single time. I think I bother them sometimes when I talk to them. I say, thank you for all you did for me and all you did for Mizzou and all those people. This isn't about one coach myself, you know, running things and doing good things. It's about having a, a great group of people. And that's, that's why we had the run that we had as long as we did. Uh, and, and I really think it's important. There's no question quarterback's the most important spot, you know, and uh, you always have to have one. If you don't have a quarterback, you're not going to, you're just not going to be successful. And that's one, that's one consistent thing in every, in every part, every type of football, whether it's high school, whether it's college, whether it's the NFL, if you don't have a good player there, you're not going to compete for championships. And we were very fortunate to, to your point, Howard, that, that we, we had a really good run and, and uh, that had a lot to do with our success. You know, Coach, one of the things I always look forward to for you, one thing I could count on on senior day, at least one person I knew was going to be crying, and it was going to be Gary Pinkle because you had such an incredible bond with your players. And that's one of the things that attracted me to you and the respect I have for you because I watched how you dealt with your players on the field and watch how your players have gone into their respective communities uh, well after their careers are over with and, and still continue to have an impact. And, and the, the close bond that you have with those guys is something I don't know if people would understand how cherish, how much you probably cherish that in your life at this point. Oh yeah. This, it, it's amazing. And I, you know, I think that, I think that, you know, all those guys that, that, we, that we played, that played for us, you know, the other thing we did, our program is we ran, our program was such that we taught values we taught being accountable. We taught being responsible. We taught how to be a great teammate. Okay. And and we just don't have a meeting, be a great teammate, let's go. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about setting standards for who you are and get your leadership involved and get your coaches involved. And that's kind of how we did things. You just you, you don't turn this team into a really close, tight team by just, you know, having a couple of meetings and say, let's move on. You you create that environment. And and we've created that environment with some incredible great kids. Um, but there's, that's, there, it's nothing easy about doing that, but that's, we did a lot more. And I feel very good about this. We did a lot more. I think most co- players would say this, that we did, a, that we cared about our players. I used to tell my coaches, I want more players to passionately care. I, I said, don't expect our players to passionately care about us. If, if we don't passionately care about them, it's not going to happen. You earn trust. Coach earns trust. First a freshman comes in, they heard of Gary Pinkle, but they don't know how I work or what I do. And I got to earn their trust. And when you get their trust, when they really <laughs> trust you, that they care, that, that we as coaches care about them, care about them going to school, care about them be better people. You know, I had my last five or six years, I did this thing called fatherly advice on my Thursday meetings. My Thursday meetings were real big, 48 hours before. That's the thing we did. And I just felt I wanted to get more. So I talked to some seniors and I said, what if I do a thing called fatherly advice? So we got a big game we're playing. You know, we're playing uh, A&M for championship, you know, the day before that, the two days before that game, I start my meeting out with fatherly advice. And I talk about taking a girl out for a date. 
I talk about how you do it responsibly, how you do it. You, you open the door for the lady. You don't walk in front of the lady. You, you're kind. Uh, I mean, I, I went through all this stuff and I did a lot of different things over eight or nine games that I, that I used that uh, because I just wanted to do, we wanted to do more to help our players be better people. And, you know, um, that was kind of my calling, I think, a little bit. Obviously, you got to win enough games to do it. But um, I, I felt very proud that we that our players knew that we really cared about it. And when you get that and they really trust you, they're in, man. Adversity, what? They don't care. They're in. Well, I think that's very important because there are a lot of young men that enter the college ranks that grew up without a father. Mm-hmm. So as a head coach, we know – uh, and, and especially my, my parents divorced. I ended up, uh, my mom remarried. I had a stepfather who was very important in my life also. But uh, having that male role model or a set of role models, which coaches often serve as, uh, can really help shape a young man, you know, as he navigates through college and then you send him out into the world ready for life. And I think you did an outstanding job uh, preparing your players for that moment. So, yeah, I take my, my hat off to you for yeah. being able to do that. And, you know, the other thing is we know football means so much to, to all of us here. We get a lot out of the game. Uh, but you have done something beyond football to me that I think is, is so important. Can you talk about what you're doing with uh, your foundation, GP Made? Yeah, uh you know, it's, it was, it's I'm three years out. You know, I'm, I, I wrote a book, Fortunate uh, – uh, I had I had a book that I did, I did with uh, Dave Matter and everything, and, and uh, that went that went really well and everything. But I just kind of my, my wife said to me about three years ago. She said she looked at me and she said, "You okay?" I said, "Yeah." I said, "I really miss my players." And by the way, my players drove me freaking nuts too. I mean, <laughs> I mean, this isn't all fun and dandy. I mean, that's not it. Okay. Well, I miss I miss having an impact with them. I miss their relationship. <laughs> And she looked at me and said, why don't you start a foundation to help kids? And that's really kind of how it started, that little. So I just started looking into it. And that's you know that's a passion of mine. And I got a chance to continue to do it. And so we found a foundation called GP Made Foundations. Made's an acronym, M-A-D-E, make a difference every day in the lives of kids. And it's with kids that uh, we have to have three, we have three pillars. One is uh, kids that have leukemia or lymphoma that have cancer and based and, and research and all the other different things we can do with that, which, which, which we take part in. Um, the other one, the kids that have physical challenges and it's after my life a little bit too. My brother and sister were in wheelchairs by the time they reached adolescence and I didn't get the same disease. It's called hereditary spastic paraplegia. I didn't get the disease by coin flip, but I'm very sensitive to somebody parking in, pulling in at a parking lot. Uh, and getting up and walking in like like they're and so I'm sensitive to all those things. So we also there's a lot of things we can do to help kids with physical uh, challenges. And I can't go to the places that we're doing it, but we're really really doing some good things with that. And then and then this is the background we talk, and, and you talked about that a few minutes ago. Kids, I've been in every major city in this nation, and I've been in homes where you you expect that guy to come out of a home like that. You know, with poverty, with just, you know, not all of them. Some of them were, I saw some of the greatest people ever, but I saw a lot of kids that were disadvantaged and, and they, they, there was no road out. There's no route out. So that, that, you know, you know, help kids with, with, with difficult backgrounds, do it with mentoring, with education. We got 39, 41 scholarships out right now. Our goal is to get up above 50 scholarships that we're doing yearly in St. Louis, Kansas city and around here. And also mentoring. We get a mentoring program. We've done some of that mentoring, too. And that's kind of like stuff I used to do with my players. 
So those are the three pillars that we have. And, you know, we've raised a lot of money. People have been so, so very generous. And, and if you're at gpmade.com, you can go anybody out there who wants to check it out. You can do that. Um, but we, I, we run the program with the highest level of integrity and we have good people around me. Um, I name one, I got to name them all, but, uh, it's really a neat deal. And, and honestly, I, it, it fulfills me. I'm doing something significant, you know, hey, I'm co- doing something significant and I'm back with that. And I still love my players call me and text me and that and stuff. And now you see them and you hug them and you, it's just, it's just, a, it's one of the great things that you have being a coach, you know, you have those relationships. And I'm going to tell you also too, the, the, the real, real bond is winning. It's winning. You got that winning, you know, I, we have a lot of guys that win divisional championships and ranked in the top 15, 20, top five. And, you know, we got these guys that, that you, you, when you, when you win at, at high levels, you're, you're so close. And I don't care if you haven't seen somebody for 15 years, you're going to run up and hug them like you saw them yesterday. Uh, and I, I did that at Washington. I went out with Don James at his, his funeral a couple of years ago, and I saw players there I hadn't seen for 20 years. And we're hugging each other like I saw them the other day at Starbucks. <laughs> uh, one of the great things, great, I keep doing me going on and on, but that, those things are really, really special. Hey, Coach, before we get out of here, my final question for you. I, one of my favorite nights in football was when you and Mike Martz hosted a coaches clinic, a high school coaches clinic at Rams Park. And there was so much knowledge passed on to those coaches. And then the three of us sat around, had a couple of refreshments and ate whatever pizza was left and, and still talked until the wee hours. Mm-hmm. Coaches today need, still need guidance and they still need mentoring. What are the three things you would say to a coach if he's trying to, to climb that ladder and do the right thing and, and learn the game? And, and I'm sure you'll tell him, make sure you can run the ball. But the yeah. other things that you think are important uh, for a coach to be able to ascend and, and make a difference? Well, I think they have to set up a program that, that players, and I mentioned this before, but it, the infrastructure, leadership, all these other accountability, all this stuff is set up with all the players that they learn to trust what you do so they can they'll jump on board and do those things. I think that's that's one thing that I think in, in building. I think in uh, uh, another thing is, uh, you know, what we always do with our players, too, I bring this up because it's it's it was something we started and it was so awesome that we did probably the last 12 years I was there. Um, we we had all the players during one one evening during August camp. I would have 12 players at my house. Every coach had 12 players, different positions, different people, and we would have it several. We did this twice a year. And what we did is, and, and Brad Smith's in my here, I'd get up and say, my name's Gary Pinkle. I, my, I had a great mom and dad. My brother and sister had a disease called hereditary spastic parent. So I go through my family. Brad Smith gets up. And all these guys got to listen to these guys talk about their situation. Chase Daniels says, I, I almost have to apologize to you. I mean, he said that to some of the players. He goes, he goes, I, I had the best you know, the best situation ever. And, and he was just real honest about him. And, but the thing was that everybody, every, and what we would do every, every time we did it, we transferred different players. So they were different players. So you got to hear the stories from different people. It changed, it changed everything because there was a, there was an understanding, some empathy for what, what, what this guy, what he's been going through. And I, some of these guys that come to, everything had a great mom and dad, everything was simple. Everything was easy. When they really find out and they go put their arm around the guy, they're going to help the guy. And so that's something that I would tell people to do to bring your team closer together in that. And, uh, and you know, I, I, I can go on and on with, you know, developing a program. There's, there's a lot of certainly there, – there are a lot of things you got to do. I think certainly in recruiting, uh, 
even from a recruiting standpoint, you know, in our business, you got to have a great quarterback. We talked about you got to have a couple of great players. I know that. But what gets you fired in our business? You sign 20 guys and three years later, 10 of them aren't good enough to play or 12 of them aren't good enough to play because their evaluation systems, their player development systems aren't very good. And so, uh, you know, those are some things I'd throw in there, but I could I could go on forever and ever. So I kind of. My wife always says, it's just a <laughs> My wife looks at me and goes, zip it. That's what I have to go through. <laughs> Listen, Gary, before we go, I, I just have a comment here. And, you know, I, I played for some very good coaches uh, in my football career. My high school coach was, was epic. You didn't get a chance to meet him, but he was one of the best to ever do it. Leon Antone, God rest his soul. Uh, played for Al on a free or four year. Warren Powers, um, who you met, of course, and, and was, you know, uh, did had a tremendous impact on Missouri football. Also played for the great Tom Landry. But I will say, you know, you. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. But let me tell you, your 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 impact on Missouri football is unprecedented. And uh, I, I kind of got to know you halfway through your coaching career. And I wish I had uh, been around um, to, to get to know you from the beginning. But. Let's. I have nothing but respect for you, what you have yeah. brought to this program, and uh, I, I am glad to call you a friend. And when they built that statue outside of Fro Field, man, I'm going to be one of the first in line to gra- to congratulate you. Just don't be yeah. late for it. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> well, thank you. I, you know, and I, as I mentioned before, too, is you know, I, I, I'm going to say it again. Um, you know, you, you got, this isn't, there's never a one man show, you know, and, and for all my coaches, all my players there, I'm going to hear, you're going to hear it one more time, uh, who played for me. Thank you for all you did for Mizzou. Uh, thank you for, uh, you know, all the things that, uh, you made a difference with. And, um, I'm really proud of you. And, you know, my, my thing with all my players now is I just want them to have great families and, and apply what they've learned, you know, from being a good person and being account all those things we talked about to their daily lives. And I hear that. I hear it often, so that's that's very rewarding for me. And but uh, very kind to you. It's, this is about a lot of different people. Gary Pinkle, it's been a blast to have a chance to catch up with you and, and reminisce a little bit, but also get some great knowledge. Uh, thank you for being part of Huddle Up with Howard, and uh, let's get together here real soon. We can't take days for granted anymore. Yeah, that's right. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks, Howard. Thanks, Gary. Appreciate it. You know, the only thing faster than this supersonic golf cart are the closing times at thehomeloanexpert.com. Mortgage rates on the twos, and we have a 21-day closing guarantee. Apply online today at thehomeloanexpert.com.